we have leads uh, uh, galore and we're always trying to out uh, win our competitors in the space. So we need to get stuff off our people so that they um, partner with technology and work more leads, um, whether those are your existing customers that live with you. Because let's be honest, if you can keep them um, happy and keep them with you and keep raising rents, that's um, really where the bread and butter is. Hello, and welcome to Sink or Swim, a weekly podcast brought to you by RentSync, where we take a deep dive into the prop tech, multifamily, and rental housing industry. In each episode, we uncover the technologies and strategies used to help overcome operational challenges and increase the value of your multifamily investments. So let's get into our conversation today. So today's conversation is uh, going to be on marketing and leasing technology um, and really, <clears throat> hopefully, from a viewpoint of marketing and leasing technology as an investment, um, not as an expense. Uh, often, I think uh, on both the marketing and leasing side, um, we, we tend to view uh, tech investments um, and also investments into just marketing spend sometimes as a um, as an expense, but if done properly, it can really help to drive NOI and uh, increase asset value. So that's sort of going to be hopefully the theme of today's conversation. Um, I'm going to be the moderator. Uh, my name is Max Steinman. Let's uh, intro, self-intro ourselves across the line here. So Clint, if you want to go next. How's it going? Good morning. Thanks for being here. Uh, my name is Clint Lee, uh, co-founder and CEO of uh, One Day. Uh, One Day is a video company that helps real estate communities uh, build genuine connections with prospects, residents, and prospective team members to make a difference and increase occupancy and resident experience. Hey there, Michelle Tate. I am newly appointed the National Director of Leasing with Toll Brothers Apartment Living. Of course, everyone knows Toll Brothers, the home builder. And I am a proud member of the new team that is building the apartment division. So currently at 4,000 units and adding 30 new developments in the next three years. So very excited to be here. I am Becca Shaffrey. I'm the SVP of Corporate Services at Bell Partners. Um, Bell Partners is about somewhere between 65 and 70,000 units with a national footprint. Um, and my role at Bell Partners is really over all of our marketing and innovations groups who effectuate some of the stuff we'll be talking about today. So happy to be here. Now, I'm uh, David Perez, Chief Operating Officer uh, at Carroll. Carroll's an owner operator, but similar to Bell. Um, with 30,000 units uh, across the Southeast and Southwest. Uh, and I have everything but investments kind of rolling up to me. So um, the evolution has been very interesting in innovation and change and um, everything that we've done across that. So excited to be here. Look forward to the conversation. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And and we're going to start at the top of the funnel um, from the marketing perspective um, and slowly sort of transition the conversation down the funnel towards uh, leasing topics. So um, we're going to start on marketing um, and just the way that uh, marketing technology has changed the way that, that we lease properties. Um, and I'll start actually with uh, Rebecca. Um, can you share some examples of how marketing has been improving your leasing process um, and in particular, like the speed uh, at which you can Sure, and there's really no way to do this without dating myself. So I will tell you that um, it changed everything. So I think having been in this industry over 25 years, um, 
you know, go back even just a handful of years, and we were watching all of the uh, traffic hit our websites, and we were looking at the data and the numbers from our ILSs, and we were looking at what it was costing to do these things. And I remember like being over marketing and telling my marketing team, hey, we need a call to action out on that website so that the numbers we're seeing hit there, they want to call us. And so our call of action or the banners or the whatever the newest thing was out on your website need to be so strong because we have no way to really engage or meet the customer where they're finding us. And if we could just capture them and engage and start talking to them in the places where they're finding us, wow, what a world that would be. And so I think as it relates to this question, the world of these marketing technologies um, really opened and made, opened that up and made that possible so that um, we could really meet our customers where they were finding us. And I think you have to go back even one step further, which is um, there was now so much more volume of that happening because um, technology was so much smarter and the way we were sourcing and where we were going and where we are going um, to find our leads and open up channels and make it easier for them to find us was creating a volume that our properties and our single site staffs really just couldn't handle on their own. So I know David will share the same with you as well. You know, one of the greatest challenges, but also one of the the tremendous victories in this space has been we can meet our customers now where they're finding us and engage um, but we also can handle the volume if we're smart about the technologies we select, and um, and that all just equals better results in the end. So I think I answered that question, and then some specific examples of that. Um, was that part of my question? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you have some specific examples you want to share. Yeah, sure. Great. So, you know, some of the things we really, really love, a specific example um, that is turning maybe not a great situation into a really positive outcome was we had a specific um, property in Charleston um, right at the onset of the pandemic um, who, unfortunately, that whole team had to be quarantined and went down. And um, it left one person who came over from a sister property to kind of uh, man the helm. And that was a community of about probably 400 apartment homes. And because we had some smart technologies and these marketing technologies, um, I will tell you in that one month, they leased 38 apartments and 36 of those were done without ever really talking to um, any human in the office. So I think if you make smart selections um, that really are good ones that engage well and really nurture the prospect through the process, you can find some really, really great results. Um, but they did change everything. And I think back to it, um, as great as that is, your people um, didn't change, right? And so one of the greatest challenges in this space is also um, we had to change our people. We had to change the way they thought. We also changed a little bit of who we hired. Um, and as we looked for um, in our turnover that is normal in our industry, we looked for a different mindset um, and or an enhanced mindset that would embrace this technology. So um, I think the ways we lease also have completely changed, and there are multiple channels now. You don't just go to a site and meet with a person and do an in-person tour. So, and I know we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're going to continue our way down that funnel. Um, but just before we do, um, sticking to the top of the funnel, you mentioned volume, volume of leads, um, and obviously it's become easier uh, now um, with some of the marketing and enable technology and what's built even just into, you know, your standard property management software to 
to be everywhere, um, to be on every marketing channel. So David, um, I'll, I'll kick this question over to you. Um, what, what do you guys find? And maybe this is a bit of a controversial question. What do you guys find is the most effective source of leads, um, that you guys have? Um, go for it. Um, I, I, I think this kind of, uh, dovetails very nicely with what Becca found when people started hitting websites five years ago and websites became sick, more, uh, a, a bigger, more prominent source of leads. Um, Anybody from ILS is here is not going to like to hear this, but they're sort of like in a very antiquated um, billboard on the internet kind of situation. And the biggest source of leads is Google. People just start searching for apartments. They search certain keywords and certain things in locations or near their jobs. And it's kind of us to do a lot of A-B testing to try and get out there and figure out how to just get them in the very top of the funnel. Um, and that's how we kind of plan our budgets. It's just like, all right, what's our cost per lead just to get to the next situation? And that's how we spend our budgets. And we'll, we internalize a lot of marketing, digital marketing functions ourselves um, because we could be a lot closer to that information and data and really posting a lot of those ads, whether they're, um, uh, uh, you know, um, on Google or, you know, to a certain extent when Facebook was better, um, you know, when they didn't take away all the backend uh, data and information. Um, right now, a lot of that's just more branding kind of situation. Ultimately, it's Google. And then the next piece is just now you have a thousand, you know, leads a minute in there. Um, how do you filter all that? And I think the, the challenge was how do I make it personal so that they feel like they're coming in and find them in the way that they want to communicate with us? I had this grand plan of like omnichannel communication. You know, if somebody wants to chat and we chat, we can do that. We're not there yet. Um, but getting to a CRM that could handle a one to one communication and track that, that didn't really exist, um, well until about three or four years ago. Um, and we moved to knock because of that, uh, we had some challenges in our legacy systems, um, and they've been kind of innovative in creating that one-to-one -one channel. And I'll tell you that, you know, my goal and inspiration for getting to that next piece is to get all of onsite people out of email so that it truly becomes a one-to-one -one channel. And then once you layer in that one-to-one -one channel, now you can layer in things like um, AI machine learning to respond, whether that's to voice call or email, and really start to drive that one-to-one -one channel, record it, and now you have this nice backlog that you can, then you can hand off to basically your account executive on site. And now you've created this nice funnel all the way through with uh, clean data that you can really audit um, in a singular place. And you're not sifting through emails to see who responded to who or where they are in the whole sales channel. I went a little off topic. Sorry. <laughs> All good. Um, I, it's a good segue anyways, because uh, I want to ask about AI and chatbots. Um, and maybe just from a show of hands with our, our property management companies that are up here, um, you know, Rebecca, Michelle, and David, do you guys utilize AI and, and chatbots currently? Um, we we love them love love with a big heart love yes <laughs> michelle so we're still exploring uh both of those avenues and um we will make a decision soon because one of the challenges that we're seeing is um we do use a call center right now and where the call center was functioning well for us at one point in time because of the pandemic and the the um reduced 
structure of the team that they have on their end, the caliber and quality of the call is no longer there. And so we feel that there's a definite need to have, we have to shift to AI and chatbots, whether we're ready or not. Got it. And what about from the, the resident or prospective residents, um, viewpoint, are they, uh, are they preferring to, to chat via a chatbot or, you know, an AI engine or um, do you guys va- gather feedback? Um, so any AI vendor, whether they're here today or um, have talked with me at other um, opportunities within our industry, I think knows that the, it is an untapped and really a great opportunity for AI to do a job. I think I am a firm believer that um, where humans are trying to read off a list and provide information today, whether that's a call center or um, some of our processes within the life of the resident customer experience, that it is a formal process that anybody gets trained and walks them through and can learn. AI can do that more consistently um, and will do a better job of that to effectuate great results. But I'm also a big believer that we'll never stop being a people organization. So I think that it's really what's the ratio going to be from automation to a hybrid of part partly automated um, and a handoff to a human, and then I think a smaller percent um, that is human only. So, you know, my teams are talking about, is that sort of 80-15-5? Is that more, you know, 75, um, uh, with the human element being more around 10%? But I think we're evolving really to to that space. And I think there's a great opportunity both with residents in that life cycle and also in the maintenance arena for AI to play a bigger hand and create some great results. You know, if if I may... One of the things um, that we're starting to see and we're really pitching with our leasing professionals, because there is some nervousness with technology coming in on the scene, is we're actually elevating the customer experience now because we're having more meaningful conversations instead of mundane robotic, pardon the pun, um, conversations with our residents and with our prospects. So it's, it's, it's tremendous, the opportunity that we have. Awesome. And... Um, actually I'll, I'll get to you soon, Clint, cause I want to, I want to, um, sort of play off the AI and inhuman element, uh, there and talk a little bit about video. Um, but first I just want to, uh, segue a little bit further down the funnel. So engaging the lead, um, which most likely the future of engaging the lead is going to be done through chatbots and AI, um, you know, that next step is getting that tour booked, which can be done uh, again through AI and chatbots. Um, but what, what are the expectations when it comes to touring? Um, so there's, you know, 3D tours, there's self tours, uh, there's still in-person tours. Um, well, still probably that is the, the predominant uh, method used. Um, so Michelle, what, what strategies uh, can multifamily owners and operators take to personalize that experience uh, and differentiate themselves? Right, to personalize the experience with the with digitized facing yeah. experience. So one of the things, um, th- this is on topic and a little off topic, but it's really important that we're hiring leasing teams that love technology and love being in front of the camera. Those are the two greatest challenges that I have with leasing professionals. The vanity of it all is getting them <laughs> into the videos and um, getting them in front of people after spending such a long window of time hiding behind their desktop, you know, through the pandemic. So um, 
we really believe in what we're starting to utilize is more of a layering effect of the different platforms rather than a handoff or um, connecting the dots in. So for example, in a self-guided tour, there are ways to add video components into the mix so that they can meet a leasing professional somewhere along the line, as an example. And uh, Clint, I mean, you're the video man, so um, I'd love your perspective on this. Um, how in particular can video be leveraged um, to add that human element? Absolutely. Um, so video is, it's not a light switch. I think people um, confuse it with you implement video and you're expected to see results. Uh, a biggest part of it is, like you said, is kind of the vanity of being on camera. Who likes listening to themselves on voicemail? Nobody, right? That's amplified on video. So um, to take a behavior change and have a leasing agent be able to use video on a regular basis, um, it, it, the tech has to be there, but the experience in working with the tech and the education that goes into the buy-in is equally as important as what you do. And once the content's created, you're able to read into the analytics and see. And so from a video perspective, it's just a channel to build a connection. And that's what sales is, it's storytelling. So video is the vehicle to do it. Well, the challenge right now and implementing new techs and new ideas is your buyer prospective resident is changing. What are we doing to change on the leasing side to meet them where they want to see, to create a community outside their four walls? Well, video is one avenue of it. Um, video can work with um, that AI and automation through personalized videos can be a nice one-two tandem, for instance, on uh, people that say, hey, I'm interested and in possibly coming in for a tour. Being able to create a canned video of your leasing agent that you have ready to go through that AI chatbot is something you can use to convert from inquiry to tour. So it's nothing as simple as um, creating a video and saying, hey, I'm Clinton, I'm the leasing manager here at Turtle Creek, and I just wanted to give you a quick little tour of our property. And it's a canned video that you've already shot. We've got these three events coming up this month. So it seems personal. It seems timely. And you just reshoot that video once a month. It takes 15 minutes. You automate that and have that be sent out to every lead. So it seems personal. It seems timely. Those are things that you can do once you get the education part of your team and buy-in of, of how to use it. But, um, you know, video is not a, a silver bullet or a catch-all. It's a vehicle to establish connections. And the narrative you put around that story is going to determine how well you do that. And then once you have the content, you can leverage it through the analytics. I love um, video, too. I think that we go crazy with stuff like this. And I tell my teams all the time, like, I wish I could be a leasing consultant again, because, like, I can think of four different channels I would have going at the same time. And I would be making four times the commission for every appointment slot available within a given day. And getting excited about video in that space, our teams, we challenge them. Data is so important now and so available, like, go back through your really cool CRM and pull out anybody who was interested in that one bedroom and invite them to a virtual open house where you're showcasing it and walking it around. And we've had leasing agents get five leases from virtual open house tours where they're showing the one bedroom apartment home and people, they've sent links out to anybody who hasn't leased as a way of follow-up, but a way to personalize it and not just send the link through maybe a follow-up cadence or what have you, but really be the one and be in front of it. I do think Michelle brings up a really good point, though, that, you know, you have to be able, you need that personality who's on the camera to make it live. And I think one of the change management pieces for our teams when AI and bots and everything came 
uh, really came into mainstream and really were the hot tickets a couple of years ago and the new bright shinies was, well, a little bit of um, ego of, well, wait a minute, like I am really good at what I do. How could this, you know, cold robotic thing possibly do a better job than the in-person touch they're going to get from me? And you touched on it, Michelle. I think the key to that is really how do you work together? How do you um, partner in that space so that you get the best results? But I also think back to what you were also asking us, Max, was I think our customers today want information quickly and easily. And they want, um, they are not as particular about how they find it or what it feels like as long as it is a smooth and great experience through most of it. And the tolerance there has really come from outside our industry where they're used to, whether it's banking or any of their day-to-day stuff that they're doing, they're used to the automations and efficiencies they're finding through technology. So it's really helped our space in a very behind the, um, behind the curve industry, which we were up until now. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the, the key word you mentioned is efficiency. The, the prospective renter wants a, an extremely efficient experience. Um, and of course the property management company wants an extremely efficient experience and, and, um, we're, we're closing that gap, um, and, and leveling up with other industries <laughs> slowly, but, but surely. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I, I want to ask you one more question, uh, Clint, uh, regarding video, uh, because it, it came up to Michelle, how there's a, a bit of a, um, the, the word personality came up that, that your leasing agents have to have that ability to just be able to hop on, um, and, and be great on video and, and maybe they don't, right? Maybe they don't. They could have been leasing agents for the last decade and, and they're fantastic in person, but they don't have that skill set. Um, is it just something that's innate, um, or can that actually be trained? And is there, is there an effort that actually goes into that, to bringing those leasing agents, uh, up to speed? So maybe Clint, if you want to comment on that and, and Michelle afterwards. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, it's definitely something that can be taught. Just like we're talking about the prospective residents, they don't care how they get the information. Is the result? Can, is it efficient? Does it seem like a community I can call home? Did I get the information I came for? Did I get it quickly? It's the exact same thing. I'm a leasing agent. I'm only going to take the behavior of doing video if I know if it helps me close more leads or, you know, or prospects to get to come into my buildings. So being results oriented is the biggest part to the behavior change. And there's a lot of people who just naturally are good on camera and they've got that. And you think, okay, these five of my you know, portfolio are going to be fantastic. And these 15 are, are not going to be what we've seen through rolling this out in 6,000 real estate properties now or operators is the, the people sometimes that may be the most hesitant end up being the ones that are best at it. And it just comes around the education of feeling comfortable. Like think about the technology you use on a regular basis. And then think about the technology you use three or four times a year. How comfortable are you with and comparative to both of those? So um, we also know they don't have all data sit inside and make videos, but being very particular in a walk before you run approach of saying, we're going to do a canned video for online leads to try to uh, convert them to a tour. And then when someone comes in and tours, I'm going to send them a personalized thank you because they're going to go tour three or four other places. And if I can differentiate and build a connection with that prospect, they're much more likely to trust me and make a decision that influences my business in a positive way. Getting them uncomfortable or getting them comfortable on camera comes with a couple of things. Um, putting the simple, as silly as it sounds, a magic wand feature that hides my wrinkles and makes my hairline look a little bit better than it really is in real life, like the Zoom feature. People use Zoom, I think, a lot more because you look better on Zoom than you do on WebEx because it doesn't have that touch up. 
or did a few months ago, right? I, myself included. Um, so uh, it's as simple as some of those things of putting your best foot forward because it's their brand, right? And then um, templating it and making high animated intro and outros and music and just subtle things that look like a really polished product and making it take less time than it would to do another prospect follow-up, like an email or phone call. And then showing them the data on why they're doing it and then getting that feedback loop from the prospect or the resident saying, this made a difference and I'm so impressed that you did this at Personalize, I'm moving in. You start to do that, it has a snowball effect on those people that are hesitant to being on video. And then you've got to have the experience with the partner that you're working with in tech to know your business, to know your goals, to know your people, to help them get over that comfortable standpoint. And Michelle, I don't know if you want to add any commentary from the leasing side. Is that what you see? Is I, it... I feel like I have so many comments, but I'll try to keep it <laughs> <laughs> brief. As, as the professional responsible for educating the leasing team and motivating them to want to record the videos, I have to say that, you know, there's a part of me that just wants to hire people with the willingness. They wake up in the morning and just want to record and go. And then we have leasing professionals that have the ability to do it. And the answer is somewhere in between. Because the people with the willingness, they may record 20 videos this week, 18 of which you're pulling down from social media. <laughs> and those with the ability to do it, if we're encouraging them to do it, they're getting quality out there over quantity. Um, so I think that that is... Um, that is especially important with the video. Interested in being a guest on Sink or Swim or have a really great idea for an episode? Email us at podcast at rensync.com. I think my two cents is start slow with your teams. And, you know, what we when we came out of the gate with video as one of the new vehicles, we decided let's just start and get like five videos made for each property. And that way they can choke it, regardless if you had 50 floor plans. Let's just start with your best one-bedroom floor plan, your best two-bedroom floor plan, um, or your best two floor plans that, that sell or you have the most of. And let's get two really good ones of those floor plans. Let's also do a new resident move-in video because we know that'll be a big one we use all the time. And it didn't matter who on the team was most comfortable or the best at it. The team could sit down and write that script together and really work on those. So we kind of challenged our teams to start slow, get five really good ones. The other ones that we did were uh, an amenity video. Um, and then also a your, your most problematic uh, maintenance thing that people call that has really simple instructions. So is that resetting your garbage disposal? Is that where's my electrical panel or, you know, whatever that is, and do just a really quick, um, quick fix uh, video that you could use with your existing residents. And the adoption was, um, once people got into it on smaller bites like that, I think we had greater adoption. And then people weren't so fearful because they could get those out and see the results of using um, them in small doses. And now we're crazy out there. And I think we have the problem Michelle talked about, which is, they're video crazy and we got to pull them back a little bit on what's really effective over quantity. Absolutely. I think the swimming lanes of what you're talking about of putting it in there at the beginning is, is really crucial because you have those curated content and then you can add a touch of personalization to see the results of, okay, if I, if I have a can one that's not personalized and that's personalized and do A-B testing to see what really works. And like you're saying, the, the new resident movement, that's one of the biggest things we're saying of just building that sense of community when they do and the resident experience starts on day one. How are you making that personalized um, for um, the, the renewal process, starting that through video, like things like that we're seeing. And just like that gives a very simple use case for your team members to follow and say, this is what I need to be able to figure out how to craft my narrative around that story 
because the video is only as good as the story and the, you know, that you're talking about. So. Yeah, I think that's really cool, actually, Rebecca, that it sounds like you guys are achieving operational efficiencies with video, um, which is typically more traditionally thought of as a, a marketing medium, right? Um, and it's you're kind of blending the two. Um, so that's, that's kind of neat. Um, uh, to move- make a quick comment yeah. about time, yeah, timing of the videos, just, because I have to, because it's the, it's the number one reason I hear from leasing professionals, aside from vanity or fear, even though they just left the pool area and had recorded a quick TikTok and posted that online. They're, they're fearful and don't want to re- record and post anything for us on our social media page or for our clients. So it, it does kind of make me laugh. It, it gives me some pause. But if we're teaching them right out of the gate when they start, when the weave-in moments are, we do have time. Every time you walk in an apartment, you have your device with you and you record that space. You're walking out to the amenity area or you're walking the property in the morning, have your device with you and record a dog in motion, something happening. We're doing this when we're on vacation. We're doing this when we're hanging out on weekends with our friends. We need to give them permission and help them understand when those weave-in opportunities are, and then we'll have more active participation from our on-site teams. Great points, yeah. Um, So moving along to what I would say is a pretty hot topic these days, um, topic of self-guided tours, um, I'm curious if uh, the three of you um, have experience with that, if you've, you know, set up with self-guided tours at any of your properties and, and how that's gone. Um, David, do you have experience with that yet? Yeah, we shut things down, I guess, April and um, chose all the different mediums and everything to do uh, whatever we were doing from a self-guided tour perspective. Um, you know, obviously those numbers shot up through May and most of our assets, I've seen them come back down. We're still above pre-COVID levels from a, a, a selection standpoint, but I think from a self-guided tour, it's really just kind of meeting people where they want to be. Some people want some help. Some people want to be guided in person. Some people want to just do it all virtually. Um, and it's been kind of just trying to figure out the right mix um, that delivers, you know, overall value. Some of the initial self-guided tour kind of companies were fairly expensive or they started realizing how much the adoption was and, and really started jacking up rates. So we've been working through that. Um, I don't think, it, I, I think numbers, at least on our portfolio, are back above uh, over 50% on wanting to have a self uh, or a, an in-person tour with somebody walking them through. Um, but it is sort of catering to the full um, customer journey. So if you just map it out and say, hey, this is how people want to shop. So I need to have, you know, these kinds of assets have to have, you know, really sophisticated self-guided tours. Um, and this really allows people to kind of come at eight o'clock at night and tour. And then you've got to think about all the other fun things like safety and, and, um, all, all the other things, but there is a channel, there is, you know, clearly somebody wants to go do that. Not everybody can come tour. And I've always wondered, cause I came outside the industry. Do we really know if we do better leasing, if we're opening at different hours, or we just always open nine to five? Um, it's always just kind of this, you know, chicken and egg situation. I don't know if we really have any great data um, around it because I always get questioned when we look at our leasing data and we have a nice spike at eight o'clock and our people are like just finishing applications at that time. Um, or is it because, you know, self-guided tours are available at that time and just kind of working through that? I think for us, um, when the self-guided tours first came out, we kind of did our own uh, um, 
RFP around all the different solutions out there and then actually went out. I personally was in Alexandria, so I went to a few of the really sexy urban ones that had some of the really high cost um, solutions and found myself locked out um, on a balcony at one point and couldn't get back in and all kinds of different funny things came through the solution. So I think that, you know, at the end of the day, what I would say around self-guided touring is we have really, the solution that we decided to go with actually was the least expensive um, and really used technology that was not technology. It was back from the days of lockboxes and real estate where um, you would show up. And that worked really well um, for a quick out of the gate across the portfolio solution because the app and the experience was something people could relate to and we weren't having to educate the customer. Everybody could know, oh, I'm going to get a code. I can use a lockbox. I can help myself. Now, fast forward, um, we have now evolved into more sophisticated uh, uh, solutions, but by asset class, not necessarily geography. And and I think that um, sometimes we think you got to pick one product that's going to work across everything. And you might need to start there, but then you really need to be most effective, know your data, know your customers, and pick the solution that works best for um, for that particular um, situation. And one other thing I would tell you is that we have challenged our uh, most recent problem have been that we have people coming out that don't want the in-person tour, but on the fly, they want to be able to do self-guided when they show up. So don't take me, but how do I get access to that apartment home? And there are all kinds of risks and security issues if you just hand keys. We know that. Or if you don't know that, know that. Don't do that. And um, so we have pushed and stretched our um, vendors to say, how do we get a QR right there in our leasing office that would immediately issue the, the code via app? Or how do we make that a better piece of the pie um, of the solution of self-guided touring? and actually embrace self-guided touring at the place, at the community, in the clubhouse or at the leasing office. It sounds like flexibility is, is the key um, in that not every rental prospect wants the same experience um, and certainly flexibility by asset class as well. Um, Michelle, I'm curious. It's, it's not a one size fits all. So to your point, uh, you know, what is your Wi-Fi situation there has been one of our biggest hurdles with the app. Not at all of our uh, not at all of our communities. Some of them have had much more success than others, but with some of the older communities where the internet connect is not as strong, and the client is showing up um, without having completed their homework of loading the app, et cetera, we have some challenges and had to create some work around. So there are some communities, to your point, that still are candidates, and the clientele, by the way, still candidates for wanting it somewhat of the old-fashioned way of touring, it truly being self-guided and self-initiated all on their own terms and patterns without someone else guiding them through the process, even an app. So it depends. And of course, um, and I'd love to hear your feedback on this as well. We're finding that in urban markets, it's it's been much more successful than in some of the suburban markets. Then of course, the higher dollar value on the apartment, some of that clientele, they definitely want a little bit more handholding. So it's been kind of all over the, the the charts as far as the self-guided tours are concerned. That's interesting feedback. Never thought about that, um, but sort of makes sense. Uh, is that kind of consistent with what you guys have seen as well? We thought that initially, at least on our portfolio, and certainly had stronger adoption out of the gate in urban markets. But then we found it really was an education issue and um, a retrain of our people's mindset in some of our more garden style or 
um, or outlier markets was really just the adoption of how do I, I need help. Like, how do I sell this to my prospect that's calling in or has contacted us? And how do I make that a popular way? And and honestly, the we've seen greater adoption in the last probably four months in our garden style communities than we had seen initially out of the gate just through retrain. Cool. And and something I actually learned um, from someone else who may or may not be in this room um, at this conference is that I don't think self-guided tours has to be as technologically enabled as we perhaps think it does. Um, it, it certainly can be. It can be that somebody shows up, has their ID loaded into a platform and, um, you know, can safely interact with the building without any, any human interaction. Um, but it can also be simple. Um, and it can be that they show up, meet the leasing agent and have that opportunity to then get the keys or the, the, the combo and continue on, um, and successfully tour on their own because that's the experience they want. Um, and obviously in that situation, you can gain back a lot of operational efficiency. Um, you can just pack more tours in, um, and perhaps have a, a lower cost, uh, on your leasing team. Um, but to, to, at the end of that tour, to re-add that human element, um, Clint, I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn over to you again here. Um, you showed me something pretty cool, uh, earlier today, um, as sort of a, a sales technique or leasing technique, um, using video. And, uh, I think it'd be neat to, to bring everyone else in on that experience. Yeah. Kind of the video tour for what I showed you outside. Yeah. Just, um, the, really the follow-up action, yeah. um, that personalized follow-up that, that can be achieved with video. Um, so part of, uh, any sales process is listening to the prospect and making sure they feel like they're hurt and their voice is hurt. Pair that up with finding the right community um, and speaking on the specific topics, right? Um, so what we realized is the creative prospect follow-up and the touch point after the tour, being able to automate and create a personalized video, curate some content, like you were saying, around five different types of videos that are high quality that you feel are up to brand standards that you trust. So it's not just the wild west with content that's going left and right to the people you need to get moving to your buildings, but then having that leasing agent um, it, being able to personalize a message and just saying, Hey, Max, thanks so much for coming by today. I know a big part of what you're trying to make in your decision is, uh, what's around the community, right? You're new to Dallas and you're looking for restaurants and nightlife and things within a mile proximity. So after this video, I'm going to send you an email with a follow-up with some things you can, that are right around here. And you're creating that community outside your four wall. And it's not as focused on your building per se, because it's a very like competitive market. And we've seen just that personalization. And as long as you're being very cognitive of your time and saying, I'm going to just make sure I'm 10 second clip personalizing it and I curate the other content, I follow up with the email, the tracking on that of being able to see when they engage with your content, when they open it, what, you know, the engagement of where video is headed soon is, is the things that you say that actually pique people's interest and get them to move in to be able to say the right things. And then that goes back into the training around with your leasing agents on the narrative. They say for certain things, people are moving in these properties for these three or four differentiators we have that our competitors don't and leaning into that on video, but really just create a prospect follow-up, not overcomplicating it and giving swimming lanes to make it personalized. Um, we've seen people be able to increase, uh, the tortical ratio through that. Awesome. Um, well, I've got one last question for, for the panelists up here, and then we can probably transition to some audience questions. Um, it's a biggie and it's more of a, an opinion or perspective. 
and maybe we'll just start with David and, and work our way over. Um, but what, what do you think is the next big thing from a technology perspective in multifamily at marketing and leasing? Nice. See, um, well, so much of what we talked about here today has been, um, around scaling and, and sort of promoting really the, the best of the best, what I'd call like account executives, leasing people, right. And now we're enabling them to do more, do better and kind of getting them out of like little random data entry stuff. Right. Um, and a lot of that is just trying to get them to, um, find those moments to really create even better experience to that customer and feel like it's personalized. So I think it's, uh, analyzing again, so anything that's going to be personalizing that customer experience without making it really creepy. Right. I think that's why everybody's like, you know, why do I have random ads in Facebook? Right. Um, so I think honestly, and it probably it'll be, um, moving to, uh, and, and kind of this last topic that we were talking about from a, um, self-guided tour, it's almost like augmented reality tour, um, where it's like, you're still there. It's still real estate. It's still a considered purchase. Uh, I mean, my investments team is not buying a single thing unless they go and walk it like five times. And I think that there's just that mentality. Yes, it's come about. I think it's, uh, of like sight unseen, um, touring, but there's something about whether it's virtual reality, Hey, I'm sitting in my room and, and now I can see something across the country, the city, whatever. But then there's the augmented reality thing where you can go and walk it. Uh, maybe that's some glasses or whatever. And you kind of see what it looks like when it's alive kind of situation, um, starts to really push the envelope on, on, you know, sort of like people that can't visualize where my couch fits where my bed is. Um, and, and it really becomes another tool in that leasing team's toolbox in that city to, you know, create a little, uh, customer differentiation. I would say, um, what's the next? So, um, I, I think a theme while we've been here these couple of days has been around the dominance of AI. And I think our industry of course is no different. I have already shared with you my vision for that in our resident space. Um, and also on the service side, and I think that will naturally grow. I think centralizing some of the um, things that David talked about that our data entry or our teams are doing on the sites and solutions that help lift that um, to create operational efficiencies will be key. Because I think where I started today was we have leads uh, uh, galore and we're always trying to out win our competitors in the space. So we need to get stuff off our people so that they... Um, partner with technology and work more leads, um, whether those are your existing customers that live with you, because let's be honest, if you can keep them um, happy and keep them with you and keep raising rents, that's um, really where the bread and butter is. It's not on the front end um, bringing somebody in because I still have to pay money to turn the apartment home and market to find you and all of that good stuff. So I think um, our industry is, and technologies have made a good start in the resident space. I think the pandemic really um, like jump-started all of the uh, virtual community events and things like that, but I don't feel like we've really seen the comprehensive solution for um, that space around really creating that community and, and augmenting. I think we have pieces and parts um, and some good ideas, but really not a slam dunk that I've seen. Um, 
maybe I'll ask these guys, maybe they know something I don't, or maybe you guys know something you can tell me after that. But I think that will evolve. And then I also think we have to respond to the staffing crisis that's going on in our industry. And I think technology helps that through some of the operational efficiencies I've, but also in the maintenance and especially in our maintenance area, we're all struggling to keep our property staffed and provide great service. And let's be honest, the resident who moves in stays with you not because um, you're the greatest, but probably because they have a non-eventful life. If they have an eventful life with you when they stay with you, that's where they start looking to your competitor to find the easier non-eventful life through service. So I think that's what we'll see. Michelle? I have a dream. <laughs> I don't know that we'll see this, um, but what, what I've been working with on the front lines with our teams is not just their ability to perform, but their agility. So going back to a one size not uh, doesn't fit all scenario by community, it also doesn't work that way by client, by prospect. So I found actually our most successful tour has been a fusion of a self-guided and a live virtual tour, meaning having a client walk through the apartment space while we're Zooming with them from the office to answer questions at some point during that conversation. So is our leasing team prepared to take any step? Are they thinking creatively on how to really connect with the customer? Now back to my dream, because that's solving for the customer experience, which is something I think we lose sight of in all of this. We keep trying to solve for operations because of our crisis with, you know, how do we have enough team members out there to actually get the job done? And so the technology is definitely supporting us and backfilling in that. Uh, but my dream is, is there a way at any point in time that we can get to a one source login for the leasing professional <laughs> to be able to take them through any experience that they can craft without logging into 10 different platforms to get it done or trying to recall their password in the platform that they're trying to connect with to connect with that client. So I know that sounds very simplistic, but I'm still going to keep dreaming while I'm <laughs> hiring leasing professionals that have the ability and the agility to try to move about the cabin. I think same problem at a higher level. I was joking with somebody yesterday in the vendor forum over there that like, I want to open my electrical panel door at Bell Partners and not see a jacked up mess, like because we plugged in 40 different things and I'd really like that to be like five things that do all of it. And I think some of the efficiencies there really just um, people don't think about like for every new solution that doesn't really isn't more comprehensive, you need that's a separate integration that somebody has to know about that is a separate contract with a vendor. So so less that does more is always a good good thing. But then I think to your point for our leasing professionals, you don't have to train 50 different things and how they all work and where you go for this and what have you that. That would be simplistic, which is going to make them more effective. Well, I think, um, Michelle, you know, if there was a single sign-on experience, um, that would likely flow um, as well into better integration. Uh, and, you know, you guys have all mentioned uh, the importance of flexibility, not just having the exact same solutions at all of your communities, um, but being able to be flexible to the prospect and the asset. And so that, that competes with um, wanting to just have one platform or, you know, a couple of platforms. Um, so to me, the key is going to be integration and having that really smooth and efficient 
kind of tech stack, more tech stack. And we're starting to see some vendors in that space. So they're getting that. So I, my you know, suspicion would be that's coming. Yeah. Um, Clint, to you for the final no, I'll just add more on that. I think uh, from the technology side, it's we're thinking about it um, a little bit differently than we used to. It's not just the value that you're driving to your customer, but making it work in your ecosystem and running parallel to other technology platforms and how do you make those because um, getting to that simplistic ideal world means they have to be able to plug and play and put in systems. So um, figuring out from technology, what do we want to be the best at? And then who do we want to make sure that we're running parallel and using video for our specific use case? That's all I can speak to, to um, amplify other efforts and other pieces of technology, because it's really about creating that community outside your four walls and improving the resident experience. And then from the recruitment side, being able to attract and retain talent, right? To create a culture of recognition where people feel valued and they stayed, right? And sometimes we overcomplicate businesses, just people working with people and people want to work with people they like and trust. And there's not, a, you know, not to get all cheesy, but there's not a person in the world you couldn't learn to love if you didn't know their story or relate to on some capability. We know that in our personal lives and we fail to remember that sometimes in the thick of business. Like figure out, what your business story is, figure out how you're telling that story externally and figure out what your employee story is and then figure out how technology can help amplify that and you'll improve the experience over time. But again, it's not a light switch. So, yeah. Awesome. Really great perspective from everybody. Um, I don't know if I just shafted us and we don't no longer have the time for the questions. Um, <laughs> How are we doing, James? We're doing good. We have time for probably one or two questions, depending on how long-winded folks are feeling. Um, first question, pretty interesting. Are you finding that different regions or markets have a stronger preference towards a tech-forward leasing experience? I see, I see you nodding, Michelle. <laughs> uh, I, I have. Um, yeah. I mean, just one example, the D.C. market, most of our clientele prefers the self-guided touring process. And um, they will connect with a leasing professional at some point in time, but we've actually had a 12.8 conversion ratio tour wow. to lease without a leasing person being involved in D.C. Wow. And then if I uh, relocate to my Turtle Creek market outside of Dallas, we have folks that are taking the self-guided tours, um, but usually it's a follow-up or it's just a prelude. It's more of a preview of the community. They still want to go through the full experience and process with the leasing teams. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, a suburban market, but also a higher dollar value. And we're seeing similar patterns through our, our portfolio of that happening. I would just add to um, on to that, that any of our new development or lease-up environments are a slam dunk for wow. um, self-guided. Wow. So, in fact, we will have probably anywhere from 12 to 15 apartment homes tagged for self-guided, and they move um, 40 or better percent of their leases through those channels. Wow, that's fascinating. Was a DC workaholic myself. I can, I can see why we might want to just jump on in without taking the time. That's fun. Um, and then uh, what recommendations do you have for smaller owner and operators who have smaller budgets on leasing tech on which they should invest in first? Solve your biggest business problem and find the solution. Spend your money on solving your biggest business problem. Mm -hmm. Well, round of applause for our panel. Thank you so much for joining us today. A huge thank you to Max and to Clint and Rent Safety Convey for sponsoring our session today. Thank you, everyone. You've reached the end of another episode of Sink or Swim. Make sure to visit us at rentsync.com forward slash podcast 
to access show notes, key takeaways, and where you can sign up to our newsletter to receive free bonus content. If you found value in the show, please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.